We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, Unbroken Nation? Hope you're doing well wherever you are in the world today. I'm very excited for today's episode with one of my very close friends, homies and compadres, Tori Gordon. Thanks What's for up? having me. How are you? I'm good. Happy to be here. Good. Yeah. Me too. I'm happy to have you here. It's been a long time coming. Yes, it has. <laughs> yeah. We had the, the pleasure of knowing each other for a couple of years now. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I think is so fascinating about you and what you do is just your ability to face adversity in ways that I I think cripple most people. Obviously, I know it's impacted you, certain things we're going to talk about today in certain ways. But before we jump into all that and we talk about your life and your story and your journey, um, what's something I need to know about your past to understand who you are today? Can dive right in (laughs) to the deep end. Um, What is something you need to know about me and my past to understand who I am? I think Fundamentally, um, you know, I am someone who sees life as school and I am somebody who like really believes that everything is all like life is always speaking to me and that there's something for me to learn. And so my past has been a byproduct of learning a lot of lessons, some the hard way. Um, I grew up in, uh, amazing family. Both of my parents were educators, teachers. So I think from a really, really young age, I learned the importance and the value of knowledge and wisdom and the difference in knowledge and wisdom. Um, Knowledge being something you understand logically, you can talk about, you can theorize, you can analyze, uh, you can regurgitate. (laughs) Um, And then wisdom being the embodied experience of things having, you know, actually lived it, gone through it. And, um, and so I think who I am today is a byproduct of essentially embodying the wisdom of the lessons that my life has taught me. And through a lot of those lessons, it's looked like a lot of grief and pain and, and, uh, reconciling and coming terms with the pain and the adversity that I've experienced and kind of extracting the lessons from that. And so, yeah, I think 
fundamentally, I'm just somebody who is always looking for growth and looking for a deeper why about who I am and how I fit into the world and what my place is in it and ultimately how I can enjoy my time here. Who are you? Who am I? I am somebody who loves to learn and has a really big heart, almost like a bleeding heart for for humanity and for for people that are suffering. I'm a curious learner. I'm an entrepreneur. I'm a sister. I'm a daughter. I'm um, hopefully a friend, that someone that's super loyal and committed to just knowing myself first and loving myself so that I have something for everybody else. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm so much more than the labels that I've, you know, carried throughout my life. Um, but essentially I'm, I'm a spiritual being having a very human experience and trying to integrate the truth of who I am with this I- identity and ego and personality of who I think I am, right? Mm-hmm. And um, trying to come back to the truth, yeah, of, of that. Yeah. So often people introduce me on the stages or podcasts or in person, even mm-hmm. this happens, like, he's a best-selling author and he has this giant podcast and this and that. And I'm like, that's barely any part of who mm-hmm. I am, right? That's that's the accolades that come through maybe a lot of suffering, mm-hmm. um, maybe a lot of lessons learned the hard way. Yeah. But it, it's not particularly ever been this thing where it is about those elements of my life. Yeah, I think the last thing that comes to mind when you say who am I is like listing off the things that I've done yeah. or like um, like being a podcast host or a coach or a speaker. Those things describe aspects of what I do, but not necessarily who I who I am, who I be. Yeah. 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 And, and I'm, I'm with you on the spiritual being thing. It took me a long time to get to that yeah. because... I spent most of my life, I would say the vast majority, now heading into, you know, late 30s, most of my life just being mad at the world, mm. being like, why me? How dare you? This keeps happening. What have I done? You know, blaming God, spirit, universe, mm. mother nature, you know, looking at life through this, these glasses of like, why do these people get this and I don't? Right. And while our, our lives and our childhoods are, are very, very different, we both have experienced a tremendous amount of suffering, of loss, of pain. And I, I think that that plants these seeds in you that build gigantic wall that put you in this place where it's, I don't want to say impossible to connect, but the process of getting there is, I think, a lot longer road than most people. And I know that you've experienced some pretty significant loss in your life. What what have you learned about that? Yeah. Like loss while being a spiritual being. Mm. Yeah. So this has been a process of integrating and learning about, uh, about loss and grief and what my ego and my personality and the Tory that feels like a victim experiences loss it's through that victim mentality of like self-pity and what this shouldn't have happened and 
the cards are stacked against me. You know, for those that don't know about my my background, I lost the majority of my family, including my mom, my sister, all three grandparents and uncle in a short amount of time. And that was it was easy to look at my life and think what you thought. It's like it shouldn't be this way. This is wrong. This is bad. And I don't want this and to live in the resistance to life and what truly was like the facts of the circumstances that I was in that I didn't necessarily choose. Right. And I know that's your story too. Some of the things that you've experienced and the suffering you've gone through was not your choice or, you know, self-inflicted in any way. Um, but as a spiritual being, what I've come to understand is loss is in some ways very real, but in some ways not. Like, I don't think, I've, like, I've lost my family. Um, I don't experience them in the same way I used to up close. I can't sit here and have a conversation with them and feel them and touch them and hug them. But they're not lost. <laughs> they're not looking for their way around. And I... I'll, my experience of them as a soul, as a being has just changed. So I think as I've learned to step away and out of the fear, the fear of loss, the fear of not having, the fear of being alone um, and towards love, I remember that I'm actually connected to all that is. They aren't, I'm not separate from love. I'm not separate from them and and when I want to I can connect I can connect to their their essence I can remember their memories I can even if I wanted to have a conversation on some level I could so I think part of for me loss is about learning to let go of the need to hold on and attach to something and and it has to stay like this in this form forever and embrace the changing nature of life um, all the time. Like if I can be in sync and in rhythm with life, I understand that life is always changing. And so I really like have this dance of like acceptance versus resistance and like wanting to change things versus embracing the change that life has given me. Yeah. And if you hold on to that too tightly, that becomes your identity, mm. right? Where suddenly now you're the person who just loses everything. Mm -hmm. And then that reflects in your friendships and your relationships and your money and your career and your happiness and your health. And then you're down this path where you're like, yep, that's just my life. Because I can see it through the lens of loss. Like I've lost the people that I love. I lose the people that I love. That used to be a story that I have. The people that I love aren't there when I need them. I could see it through the lens of loss or I could but I could also see it through the lens of gratitude and everything I've gained from those experiences, the wisdom, the understanding, the reprioritization of everything that's meaningful and important. I gained that mm -hmm. from those losses. What What's something that you gained in that about you mm -hmm. and who you are? That my presence is my power. Like my, the fact that I woke up today 
And the fact that I'm here and that I can be in this moment with someone is like what connects me to the source of creation, that I can create whatever I want to create through intention, through presence, through uh, being able to master my mind and my attention, my time. Um, I've learned that I am the creator of my suffering and of my bliss. And I am responsible for what I do with my time and my energy and my attention. Yeah, that's that's a hard path to walk, though, mm. you know, when when it's easier to just not. <laughs> it's easier to live and looking for everyone else to be responsible for your results and your outcomes and and your pain and say it's your fault, God, or it's your fault system it's your fault government it's your fault in, in ex ex partner you know um to outsource that and say you know look at externally for the reason and the cause and but one of the things i've learned about myself is i am always at the level of cause in my yeah, life it's always your fault and it has to be your fault and look i always get pushed back on this mm. and you know, I've, I've been canceled a couple of times over the years for really in a steadfast way holding on to this concept and looking at life and going, if your life sucks, it's your fault. Mm. Go look in the mirror. Mm -hmm. And it's not to be a, I promise you it's not. It's mm -hmm. just because there's freedom in it. Mm -hmm. Like that's the thing I don't think people actually recognize. It's like when I sit here and I say it's your fault that your life sucks and you're 37 years old and you have nothing to show for it other than massive debt and being overweight and in a relationship you hate, working a job that you can't stand in poor health with with no future in front of you, I go, bro, you're the one who wakes up every morning and just steps back into that. Choose it. And it's, and it's difficult because I was actually thinking about this literally just the other day because I was having a conversation with one of my very close friends and he was telling me about volunteering. Mm -hmm. I was like, you know, actually, it's been a little bit since I've went and volunteered. I'm going to go volunteer. And so I go and I join him. This was Tuesday night. I go and I join him. We go to the Las Vegas rescue mission. And he and I and a group of, I don't know, there's probably 20 people, served 450 meals in an hour. Oh, wow. One hour. Yeah. And the first tray of food I sat down was in front of this little girl. Mm. And her two sisters next to her and her mom. And you could look at her mom and her mom was literally addicted to something because mm. I know that look because I saw it on my mom's face a million times and I sat this tray in front of this little girl and this huge smile on her face destroyed me mm. not necessarily in a bad way but in this way where I was like here we are complaining about so much of our life when all this child wants is food yeah and we look at it and we go that child has zero control mm -hmm. none over what's happening because they're Four, mm -hmm. And their mother is setting them up for catastrophic failure. Mm. And I've been down that path. I've eaten in those dining halls. I've been with my brothers wondering where our next meal come from, living in God knows where. And you look at it in retrospect and in hindsight. And I go back to those moments. I go, you're not responsible for that. Mm -hmm. Right. Like even with loss, like yeah. it's not you're, it's not on you. It's not. But you're 24 now. You're 36, you're 52. It's like, you're not a child anymore. Yeah. 
And and I think that's such a hard thing for people to wrap them them around because we live. And I wrote a book called Eight Steps to Healing Your Inner Child. Mm-hmm. Right. Like I understand this whole inner child concept and conversation we're having. But it's like at, at one point you have to look at your life and become the hero of your own story. Yeah. What what was the pivotal turning point for you? I just was living with so much friction and like tension and resentment and like dis-ease in ev- in my work and my relationships and my health and all these aspects of my life. And I just realized how much I looked at life and thought like it shouldn't be this way and I want it to be different. But I was looking outward to change it instead of inward. And and what was that outward? Was it money and cars yeah, and clothes? Just, and... Yeah, definitely. Like relationships. I was living in a penthouse apartment, like dating a major league baseball player, living this, th- what I thought was the life that was going to bring me the feeling of fulfillment and joy and happiness that I was craving and connection, only to find out that I was more depressed and more miserable than I'd ever been because it wherever you go, there you are, you take all of your baggage mm-hmm. with you. And so it was, there was a moment, you know, on, I remember I hadn't gone outside in like 10 days and I was living in San Diego at the time, in this beautiful apartment that overlooked the, uh, the bay or like, yeah, the bay there. And I walk outside and I feel the sun hit my face and I immediately start to cry. And it's one of those, I was like, something not right here. Like I shouldn't I look at my life. So I tried to orchestrate the perfect life on the outside. I tried to work to make it all look okay so that I could feel okay, but mm-hmm. I didn't. And that's why now I'm on a yeah. mission to build a life that feels as good as it looks because it doesn't matter what you have or how hot you are, what's in your bank account or what car you drive. If you internally are in at war with yourself. And so in order to have peace in my life, I had to stop being at war with my life and with myself and with my circumstances. And to your point earlier about everything is your fault. It's the most empowering place you can be because if I created this, then I can create something different. Yeah. And otherwise you are always like depending on your like other people and your your circumstances to bring you peace and the moment you lose the job or the moment you break up or the moment that your car gets whatever wrecked your peace goes out the window Hmm. so it's like how can i source that peace from within so that despite my circumstances i can be okay what was the war with what was it was the war with my own thinking and the stories that I was telling myself about why things the were were the way they were. Was that? I'm gonna go a little deeper. Mm-hmm. Was that embedded in you? Because mm. like when I, what I think about it, you know, growing up in the environment that I did, and obviously everyone who's listening to this show knows. I'm not gonna go into detail. But, you know, being a homeless drug addict at 12 years old and running the streets and getting adopted by a psychotic grandmother, like it plants these seeds mm-hmm. in your head about mm-hmm. worth, about validation, about what success looks like. 
were did you create that narrative for yourself? I think I picked up on it from my parents. I that struggle was a requirement. What did that look like? It meant um, creating, which I didn't realize I was doing, but I was participating in the creation of my own suffering by the my perspective, the stories I told myself, the types of people I spent my time around, the um, just because my parents although they gave me so much, they really struggled in ways. Like they worked three jobs to put food on the table to make sure that we had what we needed. So although we were doing okay, externally, internally, there was a lot happening. Like it was a, it was a massive like undertaking and stressful environment that they were internally living in, in order to keep the peace in the external. And mm-hmm. so I think I, I, I learned that on so many levels, even in my business, even at work that I had these belief systems that like, it has to be hard. Mm. Life has to be hard yeah. for it to be meaningful or for it to be, for you to be worthy of the good that you get. Mm. And if you don't suffer, you don't deserve it. Well, and then if you get the good, then you're like, oh, now the other shoe's going to mm-hmm. drop. And so the second it gets good, you go looking for the bad. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's, it's and that's funny. The cycle. And that is the cycle. And then you're trapped in it. And suddenly you're looking at your life and you're like, I have everything everyone told me makes you happy. I got the Cadillac. I'm dating the super hot chick. Mm-hmm. I got the best condo in town. Mm-hmm. A lot of money and shoes in the closet. And like, I'm putting a gun in my mouth. Mm-hmm. Disconnect mm-hmm. here. But yet we're, we're told this. And I think, look, and I know everybody says this. And I'm not trying to like beat the dead horse of reality, but... All we ever hear right now is everybody's on social media is posturing. Mm. I'm like, fine. What the f- does that have to do with you? Mm-hmm. But what happens is subconsciously, inadvertently, those ideals, they start getting cemented into your brain. Mm. And then you're like, wait a second. I'm not fit enough. My girlfriend's not hot enough. My boyfriend's not hot enough. My car's not fast enough. My bank account's not big enough. And now you're in this war like you were talking about. It's the grass is always greener. But it's not mentality of thinking that I need that thing now and I'm never satisfied with where I am. Right. Okay. So then where do you get to the place of contentment slash satisfaction? Satisfaction. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) And where do you get to that place where it's those, but also you're still driving driving forward? Yes. I'm fully committed to creating the best, like having what I want Mm -hmm. and I'm unattached to having it. Meaning one of, one of my mentors and teachers taught me even in like this idea of, can I be with this, this thing that I'm experiencing, these feelings, these emotions, this house that I'm living in, like, can I be with it and not make it wrong? not make it right, not make it mean more than it is. It's like, can I just allow it to, can I exist with it, coexist with it in a neutral way? And what we do is we have circumstance and then we place meaning and story on top of it. And we call it right and wrong and good and bad or not enough for like, I need more. And it's like, so it's this dance between being, um, 
settled and like grounded and okay with where you are and also creating a life with intention and continuing to move towards what lights me up, what makes me come alive, what makes me feel more of who I am, not the pursuit of just more. The more is the more of myself, right? It's not more necessarily money. It's how do I become more of who I am and then the money comes. So, and in the process, can I be okay with where, like the me that's here right now? And then I'm also in the pursuit of being more me, more me. And I know you talk about, you know, what it means to be unbroken. It's like part of it is just like reclaiming all of these parts of myself that don't think I'm enough, that think I need more to be happy, that aren't, that are living in like just the constant pursuit of desire and pleasure. I watched this Alan Watts after school video um, on YouTube called What Happens When You Only Pursue Pleasure. And it's fascinating. I encourage anybody to watch it. But spoiler alert, <laughs> he basically says, like, if you pursue pleasure and it's just like the pursuit of more, then ultimately it leads you leads you to the pursuit of pain because pleasure isn't enough. Mm-hmm. And now it becomes like torn, like it tormented. And it, like even the people that like Romans that had everything the most the beautiful women, the, the, like all of the wine, all of the luxurious things. It's like, then what they found pleasure in was watching the women get eaten alive by, you know, lions. And now it's mm-hmm. the pursuit of pain. And, and then it's like, okay, what do we really asking the question? What do we want? What do we really want? And what he says is like, what we want is control. Mm-hmm. We want to control our lives, but do we really? Cause do we want, now we're saying we want to be God. Because how much power do you really want? Okay, but no one wants to be God. Because that's too that's too much, too much responsibility. Well then, okay, so my my rebuttal to that, if we are in the likeness of God, are we not God already? Well that's that's the end. He says, the thing is you're pursuing the reason you don't know what you want is because you have it. Mm. You're it. Mm-hmm. You are the thing that you should be pursuing. You're it. But you know that that I resonate with tremendously because people always ask me, they're like, how did you really change your life? And I was like, because I just decided to be me. Mm-hmm. The, the greatest healing that you have is when you do what you want to do because you want to and you don't because you don't. Mm-hmm. And that's it. Mm-hmm. Like, that's the whole thing. I mean, there's identity in there and there's mm-hmm. closing gaps in there and these massive shifts and understanding, creating values and boundaries and evaluating your wants, needs and interests and the whole thing. But ultimately, like in the most summarized version of it, it's like, can you say no? And can you say yes? Because you choose it. Because it's your, it's aligned with what's true in your heart and what's real for you. And not ignoring yourself Mm -hmm. in your truth. Mm -hmm. You know, and and it's one of the things I think is so devastating is people just live lies forever and and they die with regret. And I'm guilty of it. Mm -hmm. I lived a lie for 25, 26 years. Same. You know, where it was just constantly, I'm, I'm out of the hood, I'm chasing money, but I'm, I'm carrying these scars, I'm carrying the hurt, I'm carrying the suffering, the pain. And then just like this after school special, you know, and, and I, I love him. I mean, it's phenomenal. Like I go look at all of the success and on paper, people will look at that and be like, dude, your life's great. Mm-hmm. And in real life, it's like, what? Mm-hmm. What are you talking about? 
because I'm trying to find a way to destroy it mm -hmm. constantly because that's our comfort zone. Mm -hmm. And so when you're in this, right, and you're evaluating it and you're in war with yourself, like, how do you get to the place? I guess first off, you know, walking outside after 10 days inside, like, that's a scary moment. Mm -hmm. Because I would have to assume, and you can elaborate on if you choose to, I'd have to assume it's kind of like a what the f am I doing mm -hmm. kind of moment. Oh, very much. It's a slab in the face from, it's like, it's like the brick to the head, the, universe, the cosmic brick that like yeah. life is throwing at you. And it's like, wake up, wake up. This is not how you're meant to live. And I, I, you know, the tears streaming down my face and feeling the sun, it was like this understanding, like I've been in hiding, you're hiding from. from yourself, from the world, like, because you, like, you need to come out and be in relationship with life and with people and with, and part of that is like also being in relationship to like your truth, which is you're in pain, you're feeling lost, you're feeling disconnected. And the only way to reconcile that is to connect. But what if you, so obviously something, ha I want to stay in this for a second, because mm -hmm. something happens that leads down the path of I'm going to isolate like this. The idea of connection has to be the furthest thing mm -hmm. from reality for mm -hmm. you. Because I, I was the same way. I'm in the house, I'm playing video games, I'm not showering, mm -hmm. I'm not brushing my teeth, mm -hmm. I'm ordering in every day, I'm about as depressed as a human being could get. I'm my, not sharing with other people. Oh, hell no. In my life. Even my girlfriend at the time, and this is 13 years ago, my girlfriend would come over, she'd be like, what are you doing? Right. I'd be like, I'm, I'm, I don't know, what are you talking about? Yeah. And not, not even facing the reality mm -hmm. of the moment. You're in denial. It's beyond, it's dissociation yes, also, right? Yes, it very and, much is. And so how do you start to, like, let's just connect the pieces here, because I know, and you know this as well, there are people who consume our content and listen to our shows who are coming here because their lives suck mm -hmm. right now. Mm -hmm. And I know that coming into this. Mm -hmm. And when I made the decision to spend the last six years of plus of my life working on this show and this content, it was because I was like, all right, when somebody like you or I were in the house for 10 days, how do we get them out? Mm -hmm. And it's like, okay, so you walk out, you realize, okay, this isn't what life is supposed to be. Mm -hmm. Now what? Because mm -hmm. a lot of people are like, yeah, I'll go outside. Now what do I yep. do? Yeah. It's a great question. And I think there, I don't know if there's one path out. I think there's different tools that work for me. And I didn't know it was like a tool. It was like, I kind of just, I knew I had to do something different, right? The first mm -hmm. revelation, the awareness is what I'm doing is not working. It's but how the do you, first, the okay. first awareness is that I don't like how I feel. Sure. Okay. But how do you know if it's not how you're supposed to feel? Cause this is where I think people get lost and mm -hmm. they, they go to what you were talking about where it's like their, their life sucks right now and they've just totally accepted it. Mm -hmm. So is there something between I don't feel right? and looking at it through this scope of, my life really sucks right mm. now. Do you see what I'm saying? There's a space where it's like people are maybe unaware that it doesn't have to be like that. I think their life is always trying to get your attention. Like, I believe I that like it's trying to speak to you and we can snooze it. You know, we can like, I don't want to listen to that voice. And we can be in that dissociative state. But there will come a time when you notice your own inner experience and it's about paying attention to that longer than just a second and being like no i'm going to go back to what i'm doing going back to numbing going back to the video game going back to the bottle going back to the whatever 
it's if when you when you become aware of that inner experience that like even if it's just like maybe they don't have the understanding that they don't have to feel like this but they just know it's like that this sucks mm. okay use that use that that is information like what is that trying to tell you it's trying to get your attention it's like the pain in your leg if you just like get shot in the leg like ow that hurts i don't want to feel that way you're not thinking i like this is how i'm gonna feel forever you know what i mean (laughs) you're like that is is giving me information and now i need to tend to it Mm. and there are people who are walking around with metaphorical spiritual arms limbs hanging off and they haven't been tending to them and it but then the the work is in the the is in the rehabilitation is in the tending to the thing that's that's painful it's the thorn in your side uh it's michael singer has a book called untethered soul he calls it remove the thorn look at where the pain is that's the indicator for where the work is and the path out is through the pain most of us want to go around it right the only path path out is through and that's the thing that most people i think why they never have the life and feel the feelings and feel the connection that they want to have is because they're unwilling to feel the pain because we can't heal what we won't and are unwilling to feel no you can't and what ultimately will happen is you're going to bleed on everybody around you absolutely and you're going to continue to perpetrate and perpetuate the chaos that you accept as reality until one moment comes. And I think this is a mo- we all will face this moment. I don't care who you are. Mm-hmm. It's inevitable. And you die mm-hmm. and you're on your deathbed and you're like, man, life really sucked. I wish I would have just tried that thing over there mm-hmm. or done that or attempted this. Mm-hmm. But the fear of it all is so devastating. Mm-hmm. And I really mean that. It's like, People will come to me and they'll be like, hey, man, like I read your book. I listen to your podcast and, you know, I'm in the coaching programs and I see you on stage and blah, blah, blah. But, man, it's like I just can't see nothing's different. And I'm like, what are you doing? Mm -hmm. What action are you taking? Because that's ultimately the salve. You want to grow that limb back? Mm -hmm. You put on this magic salve called take some action. Mm -hmm. It's so true. But that but it's the fear thing that keeps you stuck. Right. Because. There was something in you that was entirely fear-based that led to this place of success has to be struggle. Having a good life has to hurt. I cannot have all the things without all the pain. And no one can know it. And no one can know that I'm going through the struggle. Mm -hmm. And to everyone else, it needs to look perfect. Why? Because I was so afraid of being judged. I, like uh, the fear of other people's opinions of me not being this, like I wanted to be idolized as like this, she has her together kind of girl. But on the inside, I was like a wreck. But why? I want to go deeper. Where yeah, because I think I learned as a little girl that my performance was everything, mm. was how I garnered love and acceptance and belonging. And in order to get that, my performance needed to be or top to the degree that people would admire me. I wanted to be admired because I wanted to be loved. 
And then I had to get to the point where it's like, I don't care what anyone thinks more than I care about being real. Like being honest because it felt everything I did, even the connections and relationships I had on some level felt fake because I wasn't really being myself. It's not even what you wanted. No. Are you stuck in a dinnertime recipe rut or overwhelmed by your crazy schedule? It's time to spice up your meals with HelloFresh. With over 40 mouthwatering recipes to choose from every week, you'll never run out of delicious discoveries. So say goodbye to the stress of meal planning and shopping because HelloFresh does it all for you. Fresh ingredients, pre-portioned and ready to cook, arrive at your doorstep along with easy to follow recipe cards. And it's as simple as that. My roommate Nikki and I are all about living a life that feels good. And that's why we love HelloFresh's quick, easy and calorie smart options because we don't have to compromise on great meals, even in this busy season of life. We save tons of space in our fridge and we don't have to throw away unused groceries anymore. So skip the stress and join Nikki and I and countless others who trust America's number one meal kit, HelloFresh. Visit HelloFresh.com slash 50Coachable and use code 50Coachable for an exclusive offer that'll get you 50% off plus free shipping. So don't miss out on this incredible deal. That's HelloFresh.com slash 50Coachable. Say goodbye to the recipe rut and hello to a world of delicious possibilities with HelloFresh. Today's episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Are your thoughts keeping you up at night? It's time to take care of your mental well-being with BetterHelp, the leading online therapy platform. We all face moments when our minds refuse to rest, whether it's stress, anxiety, or those restless thoughts that won't go away. Talk therapy gives you a place to talk it out so you can get out of your negative thought cycles and find some mental and emotional peace. With BetterHelp, you'll have access to licensed therapists who understand what you're going through. They're available to you whenever and wherever you need them, making therapy more accessible than ever. If you're thinking of starting therapy, then definitely give BetterHelp a try because talk therapy is a great opportunity to explore your thoughts, feelings, and experiences in a safe and supportive environment. It provides you with the chance to gain valuable insights into your life, develop positive coping strategies, and work through your challenges. It's not just for people who've experienced significant trauma. Truly, everyone can benefit from therapy. So get a break from your thoughts with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash coachable today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash coachable. I want to say a quick thank you to our sponsor of this week's episode, Camuso Design. Camuso is one of my all-time favorite favorite brands because they are not just a jewelry brand. They are truly my hack for relieving anxiety and stress in my day-to-day life. And I'm about to tell you why. I wear their shift necklace. It is an absolutely beautiful stainless steel necklace that is designed in such a way to help you relieve stress and be more calm. And genuinely, that's exactly what it does. I wear this all the time because all I have to do is breathe. I, as you guys know, I'm a breathwork facilitator. I absolutely love the power of breath. And with the Camuso Design Shift Necklace, it is a simple, beautiful reminder that hangs around my neck to remind me to stop, slow down, breathe deeply, and allow my body to do the rest, because we truly are our own medicine if we allow ourselves to be. So with this necklace, all I have to do is take a deep inhale through my nose, and breathe out through this beautifully crafted necklace. 
I breathe into the necklace itself. And what it does is it naturally elongates my exhale, helping me to downregulate into my parasympathetic nervous system, feel calmer and clearer in just a few seconds. This is the best thing you can do for yourself is gift yourself the gift of calm with Camusa Design or a friend. I gave these away when I was at Burning Man on the playa and every single person that I gifted one to was so grateful and amazed. They have beautiful stains for women, men, and children. So this is one of the absolute like favorite things I have in staples in my closet, but also one of my very favorite wellness secrets that I'm no longer keeping secret. So make sure you guys go over to camusodesign.com slash coachable to get 15% off your order today. That is camusodesign.com, K-O-M-U-S-O design.com slash coachable and receive 15% off your order. Now back to our episode. But it's indoctrinated. And, and I, I think you pick, I talk about this all the time. These are the things we pick up in childhood. Mm-hmm. You don't even know it's happening. No. That the only time dad hugs you is when you get straight A's. Or when you get the applause or the, yeah, the clap and the pat on the back. You, you learn, you get addicted to that. You learn, and it's not even necessarily something they consciously do, but you, you learn. I remember the first grade I ever got, I went to an elementary school where we didn't get letter grades. It was a magnet school that was focused in the arts and languages and, and it was amazing. And then I went to middle school and the first letter grade I ever got was a 59 on a math test. And I remember my teacher pulling me out because she could see I was upset into the hallway and I'm crying. And I think to myself, never want to feel this way again. I never want to feel this. And so I learned then if I don't want to feel this, I got to do something different. But what I did was so instead of doing something different for the sake of myself, I started doing what was necessary to get the A so that I could be the best or I could, because I was a 4.0 student. I was the MVP of every team I was on. And then when I get the grade, I learn I can do it. And there comes recognition and praise and you get addicted to that. Who's? Like, whose love and recognition and praise were you trying to get? Definitely probably mom, mom and dad. And although they loved me and gave, uh, they loved me and supported me regardless of my performance, I, I, if I knew that I could perform well and the outcome was positive, why wouldn't? That was, all, I was, it was like, oh, well, this feels better than not doing well. So I'm just going to keep pursuing that. But it was a distorted pursuit of, of greatness, of excellence. It, it was, it was from a, a need within myself because I didn't think that if, if I wasn't great, if I wasn't perfect, I think I uh, unconsciously thought that I, yeah, I wasn't good enough. You- I think uh, we all in our own way struggle with that ultimate fear that we're not good enough. Yeah, we are. A hundred percent. I mean, that's why for me, it was when I was actually in school, I tried so hard to to be successful in sports because there's 
nothing I love more than the applause of the mm-hmm. crowd, mm-hmm. right? It's such a gladiator thing mm-hmm. where it's like thumbs up, thumbs down, and like to win championships in wrestling when it's all on you. And like I, I literally still have my Letterman jacket and all my wrestling award because it was just such an important moment because I was trying to seek validation too, mm-hmm. but I couldn't get it at home. It was impossible, mm-hmm. but I could get it from the crowd. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's really a Marcus Aurelius kind yeah. of situation, right? Do you think that because your parents work so hard, so many jobs, they're always gone, it was like at least that was like this little connection. shining moment yes. of connection? Absolutely. It was something to celebrate together. And I craved those moments of closeness and of celebration and of something to bring us all together around the table to talk about the thing we we're doing, you know, whether it was my mom playing an amazing recital or my sister you know, it was what were we celebrating the the thing in the family that someone was doing well, you know, those were always the highlight moments, mm. you know, and I think the the shift out of the pursuit of the validation and the pursuit of managing everyone else's perception of me, which took so much energy <laughs> all the time, the antithesis of that and the shift and the healing came in in that I don't care what people think and I have nothing to prove. Mm-hmm. I don't have to prove myself to you. Like in the re, the recognition, and this has only come from work, really working on myself, like through deep practices of like breath work and meditation and plant medicine and like just combing through the layers of beliefs and stories and lies that I've like learned and, and told myself for so long. It's just like, really coming to a point within myself. I don't have anything to prove to anyone but myself. Mm -hmm. And what I prove to myself the most is when I'm being who I really am. I I can't help but think this thought, I'm going to try to articulate. If it doesn't come through, let's dive into it. Mm -hmm. Because I, I, I feel like part of that discovery, let me give you context. My, my little brother calls me one day. I'm like 24, 23, 24, somewhere in that. He goes, hey, man, mom died. And I go, okay, great, thanks. Have an awesome day. Because at 18, I told my mom I'd never speak to her again. She mm-hmm. had chosen drugs and alcohol and five marriages to abusive men, and I, I had enough, mm-hmm. right? You know this. Everybody knows this. But out of that came a sense of freedom in this really weird way that led down this path that opened up the gate to allow me to step into Maybe I don't have to have everyone like me all the time because that was my thing. Mm-hmm. I'm fucking codependent, people pleasing. Yes, man. And people see me now and they're like, that can't possibly mm-hmm. be true. And I'm like, I would do anything for you to like me for five seconds. Mm-hmm. And so I'm wondering because I have that experience and that's my context. Did these losses in your life somehow open up a space of freedom for you to pursue who you now have become? Interesting question. Possibly, yeah, in some ways. But I think that's, it's, I was already on the path of starting to do this. I think the most, um, the most pressing one, I've never really thought about this, um, would probably be my mom. After my mom's death, and it was the most recent loss, it was uh, in 2018. Um, prior to that, I'd already lost all of my other family members. 
but I was always afraid. I think even as a young girl, there were things I would hide from my mom and my dad because I was afraid that they would see me differently. And I was afraid it was always like, yeah, um, managing their, their idea of me and their perception of me as being a good girl. So I would always hide the things that were like the spicy things I was doing. And like, I didn't want, you know, I didn't want them to judge me. And I'd already started to work on that before my mom passed. Um, but I think after, um, there was like this unlock of like, I was not afraid of what she would think of how I was living my life. Mm. Yeah. So in that way, it is kind of an opening and a gateway to just this permission slip to just do what you want to do. Yeah, you have to. It's like there. there's a I'll butcher the quote because I don't remember exactly, but it's something along the lines of a boy does not become a man until his father dies. Mm. Right. Because we're always living in these shadows of the people in front of us Mm -hmm. seeking their love, their acknowledgement, their admiration, their guidance, their support. And it's like it's weird because it's like what you hear in that is like you don't get to really be you until you lose people, Mm -hmm. which is in my experience and having lost many people, part of it is true and part of it is not Mm -hmm. right because it is this really difficult balance of trying to understand the impact of death while simultaneously still trying to be who you are. Because mm-hmm. death is this thing where it's like you look at it and especially if you experience so much of it, you kind of go, is this going to make me actually live? Mm. That's the question, right? I mean, death is one of our greatest teachers and I can't remember his name. I know the last, is it John Kabat-Zinn or Peter, Paul Kabat? I I can't remember what it is. Um, I think he wrote the book, um, Wherever You Go, There You Are. But he uh, basically says, I remember listening to this interview he was doing and somebody said, what do you think happens after you die? And he said, I'm more concerned about if there's life before death, Mm. like real life. Mm. before death because a lot of us aren't living so true and that stuck with me and that's what i think death has taught me is is are you living Mm. you and i were sitting in an airport sometime this year months ago Mm -hmm. where were we do you remember we were in nashville okay we're leaving nashville okay i remember you were getting on a a yellow airplane. Yeah. Oh, don't remind me. <laughs> Dude, I had the, I'll tell you after this, but I had one of the worst experiences ever with really? these guys. Oh. Um, anyway, so we're getting, you're getting a yellow airplane and I'm sitting next to you mm-hmm. and I, I self-proclaimed you the queen of fun. Mm. Um, maybe not in so many words. You have this uncanny ability as an entrepreneur. And I think this is the, if I were to lay out the entrepreneurial endeavor struggle, which I would also probably relate to really everyone now mm-hmm. is this need to move a hundred miles an hour mm-hmm. and something that I have historically, it's my number one struggle. Mm-hmm. I've shared this openly. I've told you I'm in the, I'm, I'm about to assume whenever this comes out, I'll be in the middle of a hiatus, mm-hmm. something I've never done before because it's fucking terrifying. Yep. So I measure life by what scares me the most and mm-hmm. I attack it. Yep. 
I can crush 75 hard, whatever. I can do a 100-day challenge, fine. I can quit smoking, quit drinking, quit having sex, quit doing so many, but I can't chill. The David Goggins mentality. Oh my God, right. Yeah, well, <laughs> like like Goggins, something in my head's not right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I acknowledge that. Yeah. And so it's like, cool. How do you step into that space mm-hmm. of living before death? And what does it mean for you? For me, this is, uh, when you call, yeah, the self, the, the, the proclaimed like, queen of fun or whatever, it's a new identity. It's a new thing I've stepped into over the last few years. Um, and, and for clarity, it's not like you're running around doing blow all no, night and like no. driving sports cars. No. And sh- Let's be very clear yes. about this. Like you, you go to fucking Disneyland and ecstatic dance yeah. and bowling, but right? It's, you're, it's been an expansion into my feminine now i we all have masculine and feminine energy within us and i especially as an entrepreneur and a leader and a go-getter tended to always operate out of my masculine doer like energy get done progress over like everything efficiency over everything living in this urgency culture i have to do it now Mm. um hitting the quota and then going setting a bigger goal and going after that and continuing to move this target down the road um and that was fine and i got a lot done and i made a lot happen but i needed for me to soften into my ability to like connect with my heart, my playfulness, my ability to receive, my ability to be present, to hold space, to not be in a hurry, um, to learn how to calm down versus necessarily slow down. Like I can still get done in mm-hmm. a calm place, not a slow place. Um, now that has required me to really work on yeah, tapping into that feminine essence of things that it's that prioritizes being over doing. And like with anything, it's like this balance, right? It's like the pendulum often swings, but I I try to play in more of like a the middle ground of both and I don't always get it right. Um but as I've done prioritized things like meditation, like calming, like breath like dance, things that make me feel more like myself, more like my, I did as a child. Um, I have access to more creativity, have mm-hmm. access to more flow. Things happen much more effortlessly and ease easily because the place that I'm coming from internally, my, my intention, my energy is not one of force or control. It's pre- presence and just like being fully here. And then the things tend to like the people that I meet, the un- like things, coincidences that happen, the spontaneity, the um, playfulness with life and the moment. And I, it's been a deepening of my, we were just talking about this before, and like my enjoyment of the whole process of coming more, of, being more of having more 
but it's like also enjoying the process, the daily process of getting there because I'm only ever here. We always are in a relationship, most of us, with not reality, with our mind, with, with the place we're getting to. You know, we're always like, I'm getting there. Like, where are we getting? We're only here, like in this moment. So it's a practice of learning to come back to the moment and be in the moment instead of being in my future, uh, practicing I, I, like mindfulness. Like when I'm in the shower, checking in, like, am I in the shower or am I in my morning meeting already? Or is everyone else in the shower with me right now? Because mm-hmm. I'm thinking about that instead of just being feeling the water. And so I try to practice those types of mindfulness practices that help me come back to right here right now yeah and and that sits inside of that idea about this acknowledgement again Mm -hmm. like walking outside and feeling the sunshine on your face Mm -hmm. and looking at it and going is this true Mm -hmm. is this reality is this where i'm at right now and i can't help but think like in that process there's there's a letting go Mm -hmm. that has to occur Mm -hmm. Uh, you know there's you cannot be who you want to become by being the person that you were it's impossible Mm -hmm. there's just no way because you'll always be handicapped or stuck or trapped in the fear. And you'll be in this position where you're, you're like, I can see what it is I want to become, but like, you're going to have to drop some weight because it's like an elevation. Mm-hmm. And so I'm wondering, like, what did you have to let go of? You go, I want to go back again because I'm, I'm circling, continually circling mm-hmm. back into this because I know what it's like to be depressed and anxious and alone and keeping Mm -hmm. it inside due to the fear of the judgment and the shame and the guilt of family and friends and community and peers and Mm -hmm. business associates and people that don't fucking matter and bob at the gas station and Mm -hmm. and it's like cool you start with acknowledgement now what what do you have to let go of control of everything people's opinions uh outcomes results uh I had to let go of certainty and step into uncertainty. That's your whole identity? Yeah. I mean, it's not easy. Right? It's not easy because that's you think that you're going to die if you don't control it and fix it and change and like be in charge and force it or, or like in all the ways we manipulate ourselves into thinking that we are, we're actually controlling it. We're not like, like some, yes, we co-create our lives. Yes. Through intention and through our choices, we're, we are controlling ultimately our destiny in that way. But like my posture towards life in terms of like all I control, recognizing that I can only control the controllables, like what's happening within me. I can't control you. I can, can't control how you see me, how you interpret me, how you receive what I'm saying. All I'm responsible for is expressing and being the truest version of me and giving up, letting go of the need to dictate how you receive that um, or what comes of that. Now, typically when I'm being my most authentic, truest self, what comes of that is positive not always sometimes that means a relationship and sometimes that means i have to walk away from something um i am i let go of my will 
to embrace the I will, the source, the, the thing that wants to come through me, flow through me, the bigger cosmic God-like force that I feel like I am connected to. It's like my will is the ego, the personality that wants you to like me, wants you, which we all have. I'm not divorced from that. I'm not over that. I still want to put out content that people enjoy and like. And if you subscribe and you give me a five-star review, I, I still get a hit off that. And that's great. And I was still, still, you know, but I don't do it for that anymore. I do it because this is how I want to be. This is who I want to be. This is how I want to show up. And this is what I want to talk about. And this feels really true for me. And I can feel in my being now when I'm out, like when I'm not aligned with that. And when I'm doing things because I think I have to, or I think I should, or I think people are going to like it. And that I now have a lower tolerance for living in that state for very long. Yeah. Well, a mutual friend of ours, Gary Brecka, told me once, again, he's a genius, mm -hmm. obviously. He's like the smartest person I've ever met mm -hmm. in my life. And it's like, he said, the highest vibrating energy known to man is authenticity. It's truth. It's true. And in truth with oneself, ultimately, here's how I, I look at all of the journey of life. If I were to like encapsulate it into a sentence know thyself because mm -hmm. if you can get there what actually starts to happen is because of necessity truth must exist mm -hmm. because you can't lie to yourself well i mean you can but then guess what you're fucking in a house for 10 mm -hmm. days mm -hmm. you don't go outside mm -hmm. you have no relationships or connections or community you're mm -hmm. 350 pounds smoking two packs a day drinking yourself to sleep and your little brother is calling you to tell you don't talk to me you're not my little brother mm -hmm. Right. And so you look at these moments of inauthenticity of lies and it's like the moment you start to step into truth, there is a tax to be paid. Mm -hmm. You're going to pay a price for all that you have spun into the universe for whatever period of time one has done so. And you'll have to lose everything that's not in alignment with truth anymore. And you will lose. You it. will. And you will. And, I, you know, I've I've lost so many mm -hmm. friendships money, mm -hmm. relationships, community, business opportunities. Yeah. I mean, even I got a, a, someone asked me to come speak at an event and they're like, but you have to wear a suit. And I said, I can't come. Mm -hmm. You know, you've seen me. I, what do I mm -hmm. wear? I wear fucking jeans and yeah. uh, leather jacket. That's your uniform. That that's, is, that's like your, yeah, that's I your would, thing. I would right now, but it'd be sweaty yeah. under these <laughs> lights, you know? And so it's like that authenticity, that is the reason why you and I have bonded over Mm -hmm. why we are connected because it is the vibrational frequency in which we can see each other mm -hmm. because of, um, energetically on this ginormous incalculable quantum plane that we happen to be on we know when people are fucking lying to us yes and uh, yes and, and yet and yet we ignore lying to ourselves mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah and so that lying to myself peace there are consequences there are um results that i get as a byproduct of that that i start to experience in my external world or just a feeling of disconnection of i have less energetic and excited about life and these things now i'm more pessimistic now i'm looking at all the things i have to do instead of the things i get to do like i start to those are the consequences of live like starting to lie to yourself and not living out your truth. And then those start to compound. Mm -hmm. And then, and so I think the greater, the, the quicker we become, to, like 
the more attuned we become to catching that early because we'll all get, we get out of alignment. We, you know, it's, it's natural, but in return to the truth is the degree in which we're going to suffer, like for how long, <laughs> the degree to which we continue to live in that state. And then the compounding effect of the results and now the friendships and the, the, all the things that happen. It's like, can we just get better at coming back to the truth and quicker at coming back to the truth, coming back to the truth and letting go of, of the need to control and manage and force things to be a certain way? Because it is, it comes back down to fear, fear of losing things and having to say goodbye and the death cycle of what was to embrace what's true, what is. Um, but I agree. I think truth is the highest vibrating thing that we can uh, connect to. And love, I think love is synonymous with that. And so it's not about, it's not about going out and, and finding truth or finding love. It's about removing anything in the way that prevents me from experiencing that, which is already here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, how are you interfering with your own success? That, how, well, what lies or what beliefs or what, da, da, da is actually in the way of me experiencing that, which I think is in the accomplishment or is going to give me that, like that. We think all the things we're doing, most of us, and like trying to accomplish and get and accumulate and acquire is because we think it's going to give us a feeling. It's like I do that not because I need the car, but I, it's the feeling I think the car is going to give me. For one second. Yeah. I'm going to be a cool guy and now I'm going to get a girl because the car I'm driving, whatever the fuck. And it's like, what if I could experience that feeling that I'm desperate for right now? It's here. It's accessible. I just need to remove what's in the way of me that's blocking me. Yeah. That's the path I'm on. It's like, no, you can have it. You can have it now. You want love. You want to feel connection. What's in the way of you feeling connected? Yeah. You. Your distraction, your stories. You're your, yeah. You're in the You know, and it's like you... No one gets away with lies ever, ever. My God, the prices I paid, (laughs) like I I can't even really articulate how painful it was Mm -hmm. to tell the truth to myself, to my friends, Mm -hmm. to the people in my life, to my siblings. Mm -hmm. And then like looking at life through where I'm at today, all of it started because I had to pay this massive tax. Yeah. And it's so you're going to pay either way. You're going to pay either way. I agree 100%. It's going to, it's like pay now or pay later. Mm-hmm. And what I realized is I was always paying later. Mm. You know, it was like I would spin a yarn, mm-hmm. if you will, and you fast forward eight years mm-hmm. and it comes back. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, away with right? it. I yeah. thought I like it. Yeah. And you never get away mm-hmm. with it and you never get away with it from yourself. And mm-hmm. so, when I sat down and I was like, I'm going to articulate my values, I'm going to start with honesty. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to tell the truth as much as fucking humanly possible mm-hmm. all the time. Mm-hmm. And it's incredibly uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And it's incredibly like this painful experience, even within my friends, where like there's a thing that happens and I call attention to it. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like that is my responsibility. Mm-hmm. And I expect that in reciprocation. And, and the reality is that that thing about honesty, about looking at and evaluating my life when I was at rock bottom and I was stuck and I was depressed and I was living in fear and I was codependent and all of those things, that truth is what allows me today to sit here and be with you. Mm -hmm. And 
that's the scariest part mm -hmm. because I can't promise you that today happens because mm -hmm. I don't know because everybody's journey is different. Mm -hmm. But what I do know is that you'll fucking sleep better at night. Yes. Your your community will your community will be different. Your bank account will look different. Your body will look different. Your mind will feel different. Everything will be different if you stop lying. Well, and that became the goal, right? Was that like I could sleep at night, that I could look in the mirror and like who I see. Yeah, good game. That, that, that's why it stopped. I stopped trying to prove everything to everybody else and was like, I need to like me. I need to know that when I look in the mirror, I'm seeing not all the masks and I'm not even like I'm lying to myself and trying to convince myself I'm something I'm not or that I'm okay when I'm not. And it's like, how many nights did I go to bed trying to talk myself into something? Mm. Being like, you are happy. This is the right relationship for you. you. You know what I mean? Like, you're not going to have to convince yourself of the truth. That's probably the best way I've heard anyone phrase that. Because you're right. Because you won't have to. Because it will just, it will just be. be. You'll just know it. That's exactly right. And that's that's also the scariest thing. Because it could be about anything mentally, emotionally, physically, spiritually, sexually, financially. Mm -hmm. All of it. Relationally. It will come to you. And you will be in a moment in which you have to acknowledge the truth with yourself. And a lot of that truth, like, I, I love this conversation. Because this is the very thing that changed my life for it. Because I was living for all of everything into being what everyone told me I should be. Constant. And I would reflect on it. And what's crazy, too, is go look at your relationships when you're a liar. They suck. Yeah, they do. And it sucks for the other person, too, because you're pretending to be something for them. So we're not ever really in relationship with each other. We're in relationship with the, like presenter that we bring to that really or the mask that we're wearing or whatever it's like we're interacting with each other's masks not with each other yeah you know when you go to like an event mm -hmm. you have let, let's this is hypothetical okay. this is a complete hypothetical this is not a real thing okay you go to an event and you see a couple or a dinner or mm -hmm. you're at the game and like there's this couple but you know this couple. You're around them. You talk to them all the time, whether independently or together. And you know this. Mm -hmm. I'm just going through my okay. own process of looking at what this was in my experience. And in public, they're everything that you could ever want. Mm -hmm. And coupled, man, God, they're so good together. They're holding hands. They're mm -hmm. kissing. Look how nice they are. He poured her a drink. And at home, it's like they fucking hate each yeah. other. That's because you're dating each other's lives. But that plays out in everything. Mm -hmm. And it's like when you release yourself of that, those lies, because we see it. Like, it's so funny that we'll lie to ourselves mm -hmm. and pretend that the world doesn't see it on the outside looking in. Not that they're necessarily looking at it, but it's kind of right there. You're kind of like waving this flag. Mm -hmm. This is I'm being inconsistent with the person that I am. I'm trying to be something I'm not. Yeah. But it's safe. Mm hmm. And you said something earlier, and I, I want to circle back into this because this is the cornerstone. Mm -hmm. Uncertainty. Because you don't know what's on the other side of Tori when you start being the person. Mm -hmm. What did you discover? That's the only life worth living. I don't want to go back to playing a game with, with myself and with everybody else. 
like this is yes it's scary it is so scary to give up who you think you are i think you need to be to step into truth to step into authenticity because there's no guarantee you haven't had context you don't have evidence that it's going to work out for you yet you're trusting it's called faith and when you start to work your faith muscle that is so scary because you're like I need the guarantee that's like that's the thing is like can I surrender can I fall I don't know that I'm going to be caught but in the falling in the letting go you catch yourself and you're okay everybody's operating under the fear of if I do this I'm not going to be okay and so for me, it's been a spiritual journey of like resting into like, what if little girl, little Tori knew? What if deep down in my soul, like I knew there was a force beyond me that so loves me more than I love myself, like that I come from that is like, what if I could rest and relax into the idea that I'm going to be okay? If I do this, going to be okay. Do I know it without a doubt? Like, no, maybe, but this is, I'm going to trust, I'm going to surrender because what's the alternative? The alternative is playing the game with yourself. The alternative is lying to yourself. The alternative is posturing for the rest of your life and I just couldn't do it yeah. anymore. Misery. Yeah. Just uncon. oh yeah, and that's when awareness is brutal. That's why they say like ignorance is bliss because it truly is because once you know and the light's been turned on, you can't turn it off. You can still live that life and posture and, and let your ego run the show and try to control all the things and make everyone like you. But like you are going, that's being at war with yourself. Yeah. My God. I mean, it's, I, I look at and I have a tremendous amount of empathy for the ignorant. Mm -hmm. Not in, not in being dumb, mm -hmm. right? Let's be clear. Let's yeah. contextualize this. Not ignorant as in being dumb, but ignorant as in being unknowing. Mm -hmm. And when I was ignorant. Unaware, yeah. Oh my God. I cannot imagine touching that life again. There's nothing that I'm more fearful mm -hmm. of than that. Mm -hmm. That in some weird fucked up way, I would end up ever remotely close back to the version of the human being I used to be. And that's the thing that drives, right? That's the thing that makes me push so hard constantly. To not take the vacations, to mm -hmm. not do the things that normal people do and go party and drink and have fun. It's like, that's why I get up at fucking 5.45 a.m. And, and start my day with journaling and meditation and podcast. Because and mm -hmm. I'm like, but I, I've come to realize what you just said. And this is, it's always an evolution is what I will always say. Because I've been really good at like, I'm going to take a Tuesday off. That's fine. Yeah, I do it all the time. That's great. But I was like, I'm going to do it longer. Mm-hmm. And I realized that my fear, going back to this airport conversation you and I had months and months ago, my fear in taking long bits of time off is when I would do that in the past, mm -hmm. the the idle hands of the devil's playground. Mm -hmm. And I would find myself I in trust a, myself. I would find myself in some precarious situations. Mm -hmm. And I've come to realize now it's not about not trusting myself. It's about, man, I just there's something that is so fulfilling about the speed of my life. Mm -hmm. And that, until it's not, mm -hmm. right? And so you can't go back. Mm -hmm. 
They're plateaus. They're not plateaus as in like you're stuck here, but they're they're the next elevation yes. and you can't go back down the hill. Yeah. Well, and the, the war in your mind is when you know the truth, but you don't act on it. Hmm. Yeah, and then you're the only casualty. Yeah, because it's it's your the way you're showing up, the the way you're behaving, the way you're acting isn't congruent with what's true. That's when it's hard because and talking about driving is like that's what drives you. It's like I think of that unconscious, unaware, disconnected person. Like if you're driving, that's what's driving. It's like you're blind. Mm-hmm. You're on the road. Yeah, and you're gonna leave a lot of casualties. Like you're gonna be all over the place. It's gonna be a fucking wreck. Yeah. <laughs> and everything we're talking about is the process of waking up becoming aware becoming conscious of your choices and how you're living and why you're living that way and how you want to live yeah and and touching it deeper and finding out when you're even even today when you are living in what you believe to be the most authentic version of who you are can you go deeper Mm -hmm. can you really express truth Mm -hmm. and knowing that in doing so that it there may not have to be casualties Mm -hmm. But there's going to be a lot of people who are not going to be on your team. Anymore. For sure. And and there's a lot. they letting... want you to be the version of you you were before. Even still. Yeah. Even still. Like there, there's, you you know, you look at it and go, man, I've known this person for two years or four or five. Maybe I didn't know them when they were this or mm-hmm. they were that. But we're, we're pulled into this idea of this is how we recognize you as this version of you two, four, five years ago. And if you're doing this Right. Like, uh, this is my firm belief. If you're really playing this game right, if you're really living life in accordance with know thyself, you will not be the same person I met. Mm-hmm. And in that, you have to let go of mm-hmm. as well mm-hmm. from the outside looking mm-hmm. in because there's further freedom there. Mm-hmm. Before I ask you my last question, and this has been just an amazing conversation. Thank you. Mm-hmm. So Thank glad you. that you're here. Um, where can people find you and learn more about you and what you do? Yeah. So I'm on social media. You can find me on Instagram and TikTok. I'm the Tori Gordon um, on all platforms. And I have a website, ToriGordon.com. And then I also run a podcast called Coachable Podcast. Um, and you can find that on YouTube and wherever you stream your podcast. Wherever you're listening to this, you can also find my show. Which was also recently, and congratulations, the number one show in Z World. Yes, in the education, yeah, in the education category. We're very excited for that. So I love it. We do similar kind of conversations, just trying to get to the root and the the juice, this you know, out of out of life and out of what makes life worth living and playing, how to play, you know, at the highest levels. Yeah, I yeah. love it. And of course, I have the honor of being on the show. Yes, a, multiple times. A couple of times. Yeah, now. twice. So it's so you definitely go check out those episodes. For sure. And of course, guys, we'll put the show notes in the website at thinkunbrokenpodcast.com. My last question for mm-hmm. you, my friend. What does it mean to you to be unbroken? Mm. What comes through right now, which I think has been the heartbeat and the essence of the conversation, is to be an expression and in alignment with my deepest truth and living that moment to moment. Because um, when I do that, I'm not broken. I'm whole. Yeah. Brilliantly said, my friend. Thank you so much for being here. Unbroken Nation, thank you for listening. Please like, comment, share, subscribe. And remember, when you share this, you're helping other people 
transform trauma to triumph, breakdowns to breakthroughs, and to help them become the hero of their own story. And until next time, my friends, be unbroken. I'll see ya.